Hello and welcome to Profiles in Risk. This is your host, Tony Canyas, sw switching to my radio voice. And I have with me today, James Testel, who is the underwriting subject matter expert at Shift Technology. That's Shift, S-H-I-F-T Technology. There you go. Uh, yes. Not Technologies, because I believe there is a company. I don't think it's insurtech. Uh, so Correct. Shift Technology. Uh, so James, first of all, thank you for joining me today. How's it going? It's going great. Happy Friday to you and happy new year. Thanks for Thank having you. me. Yes, uh, we, we are recording on January 6th. So so this is me getting back in the saddle. Uh, yes. Uh, December yes, was really, really busy and uh, have not recorded a new episode this year yet. So so uh, getting getting back in the saddle. Uh, and and uh, generally, I, I break the ice over the weather. Uh, and in your, in your case, especially, uh, so you spent at least a good amount of time in Des Moines and in Chicago. Yes. yes. And you're in Phoenix now. It's wonderful. Uh, so <laughs> I I had basically the same experience where I grew up in Costa Rica and then I, I, I went to school in Iowa and I worked for, for, for uh, nationwide Des Moines and I, I forgot what good weather was. Uh, right. I, I got I, I came to the assumption that that, that quite simply I, I had to put up with Midwestern weather in order to 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 work yes. with good companies. Yeah. Uh, and, and then nationwide. So I, nationwide relocated me from from Des Moines to Columbus, basically the same thing. Columbus has a lot more cloud, but but same weather, like say, same mm -hmm. cold and snow. Uh, but then they made a crucial mistake. They sent me to Scottsdale for six months during the winter. Uh, and I realized, okay, yeah, I've got to find a way to get out of the Midwest. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> no, I, I, I can't do Phoenix in, in the summer. Uh, it's too hot for me. It's, uh, <laughs> it, it's a challenge. I mean, there's, there's, there's no doubt, but it's similar to, you know, the winter time in the Midwest. You just kind of have to look at it that way. Yeah, yeah that, that, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, so, so, so yeah, beautiful this, this time of the year for, for, for sure. Uh, so, so James, we, we, we always give the guests the chance or, uh, to give the elevator pitch. Uh, what What is Shift Technology? Yeah, great question. So um, what I would tell you is, you know, Shift is a, it's a Paris-based firm started in 2014, and we're solely dedicated to insurance. So we're not involved in any other financial service verticals like banking or credit cards or anything like that. Shift exists to help insurance carriers make better, more informed decisions across key insurance functions. Our mantra, if you're looking at the website or the tagline says decisions made better. And our product offering, it's focused on both the property and casualty as well as the life and health. And it's geared towards fraud detection claims decisioning, subrogation, and financial crimes like AML. And if you look at, you know, like the foundational or when we were founded, we were founded to help insurance carriers detect insurance fraud, specifically in the claims space. And if you look at our success in claims, it's been phenomenal. You know, just looking at 2021, we identified over 5 billion in claims fraud alone. And again, 2022 just finished, so I don't have those numbers yet, but it's going to be bigger. That number's going to be bigger. But I do want to get, Tony, back to the under, underwriting side a, a little bit. 
So, you know, what ended up happening a few years ago is we started to hear from our customers. And what they were saying is, is, hey, ship, it's it's amazing that you can help our claims associate identify and fight these fraudulent claims, but it's it's reactive. You know, like the the events already occurred. You know, so the question they posed was, can you help us identify these fraudsters before they file a claim? And then there was another ask, can you even up that and can you help us identify them before they actually become a policyholder? And that, Tony, was the genesis of the product, which, you know, I mean, for me, makes sense. I mean, who doesn't want, you know, to be proactive? Mm -hmm. And, you know, who was it? Ben Franklin. You know, what's his what's his mantra or his his saying? An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. So there you go. That that was the birth, if you will, of, of the underwriting product that shift. Customer right. driven. Okay. Um, and I'm lo- looking at the, at the website. Uh, six of the top 10 uh, US PNC carriers, four of the, of, the, of the top 10 global PNC carriers, six of the largest uh, Europe health ins- insurers. Um, so and uh, you said Paris, so based I, in Paris. I, I so I'm I'm guessing uh, AXA uh, was part of the, of the. I, I just don't know enough about, about the European uh, mar- 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 market. So how how did how did it come to be? I'm 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 just curious. That's a great question. And ironically, AXA, yes, they they are they are part of the story, and they are one of our customers today, but. We have three founders. Two of the founders actually had an internship at a large insurer in Europe back in, I think it was 2011. And what they they were they were kind of um, tied to the SIU, the Special Investigation Unit. And what they uncovered during their time there was a gap in the marketplace for fraud detection. And in fact, the the carrier that uh, they were interning with was at the time going through a process of looking at all the vendors in the marketplace to see what their product offerings were and discovered that nothing was there that sufficiently met their needs. And so that that kind of was the spark. Now, the founders, they were still in, in school. They, they had to finish their studies. So, you know, really it was probably October 2012-ish is when they started to get serious about the concept. And you can see the launch was in 2004, uh, in 2014. And again, what they decided was to create a tech company that was dedicated specific to insurers, focused specifically on fraud insurance. Now, here's here's a funny story that I don't know if a lot of people know, but the naming of Shift is unique. I, I you know, if you if you listen to the founders, they wanted something that was short, easy to remember. And how the story goes is one of their close friends. Um, suggested spin, not shift, but spin technology. And I think the founders at the time, they kind of liked it. And they were toying with this idea of using like an up down arrow, if you will, in the logo. And they had another friend that was in marketing and the marketing is like, ah, guys, I don't know if it's a good idea to have a down arrow, you know, on your logo. Probably doesn't make sense. So the, the CEO, Jeremy, one of the founders, I, ironically, he's sitting in front of his computer board at the time, and he looks down on the shift key. He sees the up arrow. Boom! Shift technology. I mean, of all things, that's that's how the name came about. <laughs> I, so that's I, the I'm origin. Literally, I'm that's literally the origin. 
looking down at my Mac, and, and there's no up arrow, but I do have my gaming PC next to it, and I okay, I, I see it. Yeah, the the, the shift key has an, an up yes. arrow because it capitalizes. Yes. Uh, interesting, interesting, interesting. Uh-huh. Um, okay. Um, how 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 does it work? Or is it basically AI? Absolutely. So I'll talk about. Um, so I, I I guess what I do want I do want to um, specifically talk a little bit. You know, our product offering. So you know, again, we're we're talking about risk detection, fraud detection. We offer an underwriting solution, claim solution, subrogation, as well as um, the the financial crime. So if I'm if I'm going to you know specifically talk about the underwriting. At a very high level, how it works, our underwriting solution is designed to proactively detect and address risk. And we have three KPIs that we're targeting. It's going to be claims avoidance, premium leakage, and then efficiency gains. And how we accomplish it, to your, to your question, is it's AI. You know, and it's designed to enable faster decision-making. So we're able to reduce the cycle time and arm underwriting teams with the data-driven insights that they need that are both timely and actionable. And what I love about the solution is we're able to drop the insights at the time intervals of the carrier's choosing, which really gives them the ability to customize the solution to what works best for their team. And we covered the entire life cycle of the policy. So if you think about it from quote, to issuance, to endorsement, even through the renewal cycle, our solution has the ability to give a real-time or has real-time capabilities, which real-time's table stakes, if you're talking about pre-bind or point of sale detection. Yep. You know, from a from a delivery standpoint, we deliver our insights via, you know, it's a, an API. It can be a JSON file or directly into a uh, user-friendly UI platform. You know, really the point there is we give the customer choice for what works best for them. And the cool thing, and I do want to point out, is our API feeds, they can be integrated directly into the carrier's underwriting or core system to help optimize efficiencies for them. You know, how I would look at Shift is we're, we're there to complement those systems, not replace those systems. And what we're doing in the underwriting space is we are helping protect carriers against known fraudsters, we're identifying fraud networks, ghost broking, policy hijacking, hyper endorsement activity. And that's where you see a policy come through. They kind of make it through the business rules, if you will. They look great shortly after issuance. A lot of endorsements changing out if you're talking personal auto, vehicles, drivers. And that usually is an indication based upon our experience of hidden exposure, hidden activities. We help with entity reconstruction, including that fuzzy logic, missing exposure, exposures, leakage, as well as agent gaming. And you know, from a from an insight perspective, we deliver in an alert format. So if you were the customer, what you would receive if we found something is you would get an alert. It would give you the scenario type, like what we found. It'd give you a score a zero to 100 score, 100 being the most suspicious. And then we give you the specific reasons or variables that support that, support that score. 
And our our payload, or the 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 alert, if you if you will, it's it's designed in a way that you know it should be very quick and easy to consume, so the underwriter is able to make a really quick and informed decision. It's all right there. I, it's I, all I, right there. I really like the the uh, the the transparency part. The fact that it, the fact that it's it's not a black box. Correct. Uh, right. I, when I was in claims, uh, I, I uh, we, uh, nationwide had uh, one of the fraud alert type things, but what what you would get is 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 a a a warning that hey the the, the system thinks there's something weird here and okay so i guess i'll call this how you right what what, what like, like, like <laughs> yeah, no, no actual idea. this was a good while ago like i haven't yeah. done this for a long time uh and, right and and, and and in 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 our industry uh we're heavily regulated so 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 Correct. so like you have to be able to explain the decisions uh you're and and at least what we got as claims adjusters was just a warning. It was just a hey, there's a flag here. Good luck. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, and to, I mean, to your point, so our our alerts, there's traceability, there's transparency. You know, so that user, you know, they're they're able to see everything that's that's in, in, involved there. So they're, you know, and and again, you know, when we provide an alert, we're trying to give as much information. Uh, insight to that underwriter. And also if, if we're talking to our claims product, claims partners, so they can make an ultimate decision. Um, and it's it's all right there to your point. It's yeah. not a black box. What, what, black box. What, what, what about lines of business? Uh, only auto or auto on property or, or can it? Across the board, across okay. the board. Perfect, perfect. Personal, commercial. Okay, F fantastic. Um, what, what, what is the integration like, uh, it's especially, so it looked like, like you're already deeply connected in the, in the big carriers. When we, when we think like regional, super regionals that maybe don't have the most updated, uh, systems, uh, what, what does the integration lo look like? That's a, that's a good question. So, you know, from, from a, from an integration standpoint, um, where it would be, most IT heavy for the carrier is if we were talking about building API integrations, you know, an API feed. Let's say hypothetically speaking that the resources for the carrier didn't exist at that particular point in time. We have a user interface, you know, so we're able to drop all of our, our, our insights into that user interface. So from a carrier perspective, what's the, what's the lift from an IT perspective? We do need their data set. Like one of the things that we're really good about is ingesting all of a carrier's data, uh, organizing in a way where we're able to make, you know, quick, um, you know, decisions or, or, or identify patterns and uncover those hidden connections, if you will. We do all the mapping for the carrier. So it's not like we're asking a carrier to say, here you go, here's a spreadsheet, we need you to map your data. We basically say, give us your data, any format, We'll do the mapping for you. And then at that point, it enables us to start to alert. And what we will do is we'll send those alerts directly to the user interface. And then the user is able to obviously use that user interface to see the alerts and work the alerts. So, you know, we, we have the ability to obviously integrate directly into core systems, but we have an option that 
um, removes that that technical um, requirement, if you will. Okay. How long does the implementation generally take? It varies. You know, we can be up and ready to go. Um, probably the biggest lift or lift from us from a from a time perspective is the mapping. So I would say four months, and we're ready to rock and roll as a, as a general rule of thumb. Depending on how many lines of business, um, you know, obviously you start adding that, it adds to the to the time frame. But you know, if you were to give me personal auto, Tony, four months, we could be up and ready to go. Okay, um, I'm always curious on 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 the revenue model, on on the the pricing model. Is is it by by the hit? Is, is it like by each time we 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 get data from you? Is 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 it what what are the pricing options? It's it varies. So the underwriting product, what we've kind of done is we've broke broken the the policy lifecycle into kind of three different buckets, if you will. So you have you have the quote or the pre-bind solution. You have once the policy is issued, so you're kind of in that discovery mode, and then you have the existing book. And how it's set up is it's it's kind of a um um you know, done it at a quote level or a policy level, if you will, but there's a nuance to that. So it's not a, it's not a, um, a, a charge, if you will, per hit, it's per kind of event. And, and I'll, 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 I'll walk you through this to explain it. So let's say hypothetically, we're talking about pre-bind in a, in a quote. We know that customers or even agents working within a quote, they might manipulate that quote and do different quote options multiple times. We are charging one time for that, you know, so if somebody were to adjust the quote and get a price 15 different times, one price. But Tony, if you were to go in and say, I want to scrap my my old quote completely and create a brand new quote, that'd be a second charge. Um, you know, from an overall pricing, you know, we we have a, a price that we're doing at a at a at a quote level, at a policy level. But then we're also looking at the ultimate volume. And we're looking at what products a carrier is, is purchasing from us, you know, so you can kind of see package deals, almost like a multi-policy discount, if you will, from an insurance speak perspective. Uh, so it, it varies, but that's generally speaking how the pricing works. Okay, perfect. Generally, the, I, I, I ask, do you have any, any great client success stories that you can share that I... I you you did share the, the the amount saved in 2021, uh, so so I think that that speaks for itself. Unless there's a specific uh, client story that you'd like to, to share, no need to share the company name. You can, but there's yep. no required. I mean, this this is a use case that um, I think surprises the majority of our customers, and it's pretty simple. It's pretty basic, but what we what we do uncover. Uh, and, and we really haven't found a carry that we haven't yet. But what we do uncover is we do find individuals that um, come in as a new policyholder and they had passed away. They are deceased prior to the policy issuance. So think about that. You know, you have this individual that we know is unfortunately deceased and they're taking out a brand new insurance policy. And we also see circumstances where they start filing claims. So right there. So, I mean, you know, from a pain point at a carrier level, knowing the customer, knowing you actually have a verified person, critical, we can help there. I do want to talk, um, if you don't mind, a little bit about Absolutely. networks. So, and and maybe I think this would be fun just for the, for the, for the listeners. So 
You know, when you think about like, I have 25 years in the industry, the majority of that's on the underwriting side. And so for underwriting for me, it's, it was always about ensuring I had the right rate for risk, as well as making sure that the story that I'm being told about the risk makes sense. Mm -hmm. You know, so I agreed. Yeah. Yeah. I'm asking myself like the application, external data details that the agents giving me, does it all add up? And if it does, and the risk met my underwriting appetite, I'm going to, I'm going to approve the account, generally speaking. Now, when the, when that story doesn't fit nicely together, that's when my ears would perk up and that underwriting curiosity would kind of pop and you're drilling down more questions, inquiring. And I would tell you that that general underwriting process served me so well for 25 years working on the carrier side. And since joining SHIP, what I didn't really fully realize is I was blind to a certain extent. I... I wasn't seeing the full picture. And, you know, the reason is, you know, why, why is that? Well, you know, I, my underwriting analysis was all based upon the account in front of me at that time. I wasn't, or I didn't have knowledge or viewership into the hidden connections that are occurring within my own book. You know, I was, I yeah, guess if yeah, I was literally, to, literally zero visibility on, correct. on how, yeah. Correct. It was like Mike, I was like micro focused when I needed to be macro. So here, here's a use case statistic for you. So, you know, why does the macro matter? Well, if you talk about fraud networks within a book, what we have found at SHIP is the claim severity of claims occurring within a fraud network, seven point times higher than the average claim severity for the carrier significant. And then the average loss ratio that we see of a network we detect, 550%. So you're talking about like large ramifications to profitability. And, you know, so like if you're an underwriter, you're, you're probably thinking, well, how, you know, how, how does that even happen? You know, because as an underwriter, if you start to see that type of claim activity, you're going to start to take action, right? You're going to eventually say, hey, this is over my threshold. I'm going to non-renew modify the terms, what have you. And I completely agree with that. Like, you know, underwriting is going to take adverse action once it reaches that certain threshold. But what I would argue, you know, sitting in my seat today is it's a Band-Aid. You know, it's a reaction to a symptom and it's not really addressing the root cause of the problem. And, you know, what I would what I would suggest is many underwriters do not know. And and, and, and again, me personally, I didn't fully realize is that these fraudsters are coming in and out of the book. And it's without you knowing, like they likely have multiple policies with a carrier and, and the underwriter, the underwriter system, it's not connecting the dots, you know, and, and, and uh, well, why is that? Well, the fraudsters, they're, they're intentionally deceptive. They're altering PII, you know, PII, you know, the personal information changing up exposure information, just all these different techniques all designed to trick you. So that that is, you know, the power of the AI, you know, where you're able to, you know, where we're able to quickly see these connections, bring that forward to the carrier to say, hey, you have a working network within your book. It allows that carrier to address that network with those policies. But the, the great thing about it is we're also able to put some protection on the front end. So we can prevent that network from getting bigger. So anybody associated with that network, if they try to come back in, we're going to be able to cause friction to the carrier 
so they can do their due diligence, underwrite it, and not allow that account to just go straight through process. You know, see, so that 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 to me is you know the you know some of the power of the solution. But you think seven point five times higher claim severity with a fraud network, big numbers. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm guessing that that in the back end, it it has to to feed. It has to train on on data beyond my data as as a carrier. So is 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 it is it fed? Uh, what's it called the Clue database or or like LexisNexis or the, like is it getting uh, in order to train? Is it getting claims data from from much larger sources basically? Good question. So you know what we're what we're doing is there's there's. It, there, what I would call, what I'd ex, how I explain is, is we, we have kind of a data journey, if you will. So first and foremost, what we what we're taking as the carrier's internal data. So we're looking at their quote data, their policy data, as well as their claims data, um, mapping that, unifying that, making it in a in a really easy way to kind of um, slice and dice it, if you will. We also are bringing in to your to your question external data, you know, so. Carriers themselves purchase a lot of external data. And depending on what the data set is, some of those data sets are valuable to fraud detection. And so we can work with the carrier and start to ingest that with permissions from the carrier as well as the vendor. We can bring that into our model to enhance. But then shift, we also bring in our own data as well to further enrich. And we have a you know, if you're talking about like what makes Shift different, we do have an external partnership team that exists within Shift. So we're constantly out there understanding who are the new data providers out there, what are they providing, we're qualifying them, and do those solutions add value to our solution, to our models, to add value to our customers. So it's a it's a journey. It's 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 a continuous improvement, if you will. And then the machine learning from an AI, we do have the machine learning. You know, so as we're bringing in external data, carrier data, um, how that how how the how the carrier ultimately responds to our to our alerts, we start to learn from that, so we can get even sharper on the accuracy and the actionability of the alerts that we send in the future. Okay, uh, sounds very very good. Uh, we're definitely at, at the edge of. Uh of my ability to, to ask probing questions. Uh, you've done a fantastic job of helping like divine uh, what I should ask basically. Uh, I, I do want to point out from, from the website, uh, great recognition for, for, for the firm, uh, won some awards basically, the InsureTech 250, uh, 2022 FinTech Global InsureTech 250, uh, 2022 CB Insights InsureTech 50, and uh, the DIA top 100 insurers to watch 2021. Uh, so congrats on 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 all of that. Uh, my audience is very US heavy, uh, yep. but definitely worth mentioning that that uh, you guys are active in at least six countries just based on where you have offices. Uh, so so definitely a, a very global perspective. Uh, thank you very much for your time. It's it's been very interesting. I appreciate it. Thank you, Tony. Awesome. Th thank you.